God, we thank you for an opportunity uh, to gather as a church family. There's so many different lives and stories represented in this place. God, I don't know what every person is going through, but I do know that you do. And so we ask that you would meet us exactly where we're at for the skeptic here today, for the person who's far from you, who's worried about what you think about them. I just ask that their heart would be made at peace, that, God, they would feel your love and acceptance and, and just who you are in their life. God, for those of us who are maybe trying to figure out things, trying to solve problems in our life, we just ask that there would be clarity today, illumination, that we would see things that we've never seen before. God, help us today to get direction, clarity, to move our lives forward in a way that you desire us to today. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. Were you happy this morning? Anybody happy? I tell my wife sometimes, it's like sometimes I see people and I'm like, I wonder if they're happy. And I tell her, you know what I want to tell them? I want to walk up to them and say, are you happy? And then them say, yeah. And then I want to say, how about you tell your face? You know what I mean? Because sometimes you look at people and <laughs> And they tell you, y'all, I got to stand up here and look at your face sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, I'm happy. Okay, tell your face. All right, look at your neighbor. Ask him, are you happy? They're going to say, yeah. You say, why don't you tell your face? Go ahead, tell them. Tell your face. There you go. Everybody happy. Smile goes a long way, folks. You know what I mean? Oh. Okay. All right. Exodus chapter 3 is what we're going to look at this morning. Exodus chapter 3, we're going to peer into the narrative, the story of uh, Moses a little bit this morning. Moses is one of those larger-than-life Bible heroes, and I think most of us, if you've been around faith, or even if you haven't, you've heard about the story of Moses. And I think it's important to kind of understand the overall trajectory, where he starts, and where we know, obviously, where he finishes, being a great deliverer, delivering God's people out of captivity. But his story starts, actually, um, quite questionable and devastating in a lot of ways. He's born at a time when uh, the Pharaoh is trying to kill all of the Hebrew male babies, and, and his mom doesn't know what to do with them, so she puts them in a basket and sends them down the river, as the story goes. It's miraculous. It's crazy, because the Pharaoh's daughter ends up finding Moses, and, and this whole situation kind of transpires where this boy uh, who, who was raised uh, to be you know, a Hebrew is, is brought into an Egyptian family, becomes the prince of Egypt. As, as he grows up and gets older, um, as he kind of is navigate, navigating through the scenarios of life, the Bible talks about this one time where he goes out and he's watching his people, who are the slaves, the Hebrews. They're being bullied by uh, one of these Egyptian slave owners. And Moses gets upset because he sees his people, who he knows he comes from, being bullied. So he gets involved. He ends up killing this Egyptian who's been raised in the household of Egyptians. He kills him, murders him, and puts him, uh, buries him in the sand. Well, the next day he comes out, and these people that he's actually trying to save or help, his, his people, these people that he actually comes from, he, he sees them arguing as the text goes, as the story goes. Why are you guys fighting? Quit fighting. And, and they turn back at him. Why, 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 how about you mind your own business? Are you going to take care of us and kill us the same way that you did the Egyptian? Moses gets scared. These people he's trying to help aren't even grateful for the things that he's trying to do for them. And so Moses takes off, runs for the hills. As he runs for the hills, he, he kind of just is in a place of isolation, just trying to escape. I don't know if you've ever been in a position like this where you're just trying to get away because I just need to kind of lay low for a little bit of time. As he's out there, um, there's, there's these priest daughters who come up, and there's these, uh, these shepherds who, as these priest daughters are trying to water their animals, these shepherds keep running these, these girls away, not letting them feed their animals. Well, Moses is a guy who stands up for justice. So he goes and he rescues these women and he allows them to, to feed their animals and water their animals. And 
as, as their father hears about him, he actually brings Moses in and gives him a job. This is important because this is all before the great story that you know Moses about raising his staff in the air and parting the Red Sea and delivering God's people. He finds himself in this wilderness in a place of safety. God has provided for him, and he finds himself in the comfort of having a family, uh, living, with this, uh, living with this guy who is, who is taking care of him, who's given, given him a job. And I tell you that because this is what we're going to pick up the text. It's really important. It's kind of on the, on, the, uh, on the front end of him walking into some of the great stories that really make the man the man that we know. So in the book of Exodus chapter 3, I'm going to start reading in verse 1. It says this, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, uh, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Verse 2 said, the, There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames, of fire from within a bush. Pause. Okay, think about this. Like, this is the Bible story. I know you've probably heard, like, God appearing to Moses in a burning bush, but it, imagine this. He's, he's on the backside of a desert. He's in a wilderness, and God appears to him in the midst of a bush that is, that is literally on fire. The Bible says Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it didn't burn up, so Moses thought, I'll go over and I'll see this strange sight. Why does the bush not burn up? When the Lord saw that Moses had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses. And Moses said to him, here, here I am. God then says to Moses, don't come any closer. Instead, what I want you to do is to take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. And then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, text says, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. I'm the type of guy that uh, I'm, I'm into spontaneous adventures. Like, if people want to plan lunch with me next week, I'll say, just call me the morning of, and we'll see what we have going on that day. Like, this is just kind of how I roll. I enjoy the spontaneity of the moment because I like the energy that it brings. So it's not far off a lot of times for me and my friends to get this idea to go on cross-country trips or travel to different states within the span of a couple days. So a couple years ago, uh, being a close friend of mine, we decided that we were going to uh, take one of these spontaneous trips, and we were going to go up to Seattle. He had family members up there. And uh, we were just going to go for it. And so we, I was on the heels of a family vacation, and we decided he was on the heels of a family vacation. We're going to fly and meet in Seattle. So we book last-minute plane uh, flights, and, and we meet in Seattle. We had this grand kind of plan that we are going to spend a few days in Seattle, and then after our kind of, you know, we spent a few days there, that we would uh, go to one of our most favorite places on planet Earth, Bend, Oregon, and we were going to drive there, and it was going to be awesome and incredible. If you've ever been to Bend, you know why it's, it's this best-kept secret. He said, yes, people saying yes in the crowd. They know. And, and, and so we were in Seattle, and uh, our time was kind of up there. We're like, man, we're just living it. Like, man, this is what we live for, the spontaneity, you know? Like, who, who does this? We're those kind of guys. You know what I mean? Like, who do? We didn't even know three days ago we are going to be here, and look, we're here. Kind of guys that we are. We're, we're in Seattle, and so we think to ourselves, it's time to, to go ahead and continue our journey. So I got on the phone to, to, to call uh, and get a, get a rental car, except when I call to get a rental car, there's no rental car cards available. So I start calling different places around. I call to, I don't know, at least 10, 12, maybe 15 different rental car places. There's not a single rental car available in all of Seattle because it happens to be the same weekend that this great eclipse is happening, that people are coming from all over the world. And all of a sudden, we're, we're in between a rock and a hard place thinking this, this spontaneity thing is not really working out the way 
that we want it to work out. We don't have a way to get to our next destination. But if you find a will, you find a way. And I'm stubborn as an old goat, and so I will find myself a way. So you know what I did? I got on Craigslist in the rideshare section, and I posted that we needed a ride to Bend, Oregon. We're, we're, fi- we're trying to figure this whole plan out. How, how are we going to get there? We get somebody, somebody responds to our Craigslist ad and says, I'm going to go to Bend, Oregon. You want to ride with us? So it's one of those. I mean, this is the, the makings of a horror film. You know what I'm talking about? Like, if you have good sense, don't ever do something like this. But stubborn guys like us living for the thrill, like we were going to do it. And so, man, we documented the whole thing. And, and we ended up riding with this stranger for five and a half, six hours to Bend, Oregon to be like, yeah, we made it. But if I'm honest with you, the entire week in Bend, Oregon, we were full of anxiety and just kind of trouble because we didn't know how we were going to get home. There were still no rental cars. I ended up having to call a friend. And this is how you know that you have real friends. I had a friend, uh, Arthur Anderson. He doesn't always get the credit he deserves. So I'm giving him a shout out for this story because he drove all of the way, all the way from, from Fresno, California to Bend, Oregon, picked us up and drove us back the next morning. That's a good friend. Get you a, <laughs> some of y'all need to get you a friend like that, right? My point is this, it was hard for us to enjoy the journey because a lot of the things that we were facing weren't in the forecast. Have you ever been in a position in life where you became to be anxious, frustrated, overwhelmed with the things that you were facing, maybe confused about your journey, confused about what your life was about, confused about your relationships, confused about this whole God thing, confused about spirituality, overwhelmed, anxious, because I don't really know where I'm going and I don't know how I'm going to get there. And if I'm really honest, what I'm facing today, it wasn't in the forecast. What am I talking about? It wasn't supposed to be like this. Am I the only person who ever has been in a situation like this? I wasn't supposed to have this situation. I wasn't supposed to have this scenario. My life surely wasn't supposed to turn out like this. I know other people. I've heard the stories. I know other people's lives turn out like this, but this wasn't supposed to be in the cards for me when what I'm facing doesn't match the forecast. Am I the only person when I hear things talked about like favor, the favor of God, favor's chasing you, you think to yourself, sure about that one? Because I got some unexpected bills in the mail this week. I, I didn't get the surprise miracle money. I let go from my, I got let go from my job. I, I lost a family member. I, I'm, I'm dealing with more anxiety and depression than I've ever really dealt with. And I know we're talking about favor finds me, favor follows me. But if I'm honest, I know I'm favored, but I feel a little bit forgotten. I, 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 I know what you're saying, and I want to have faith for it. I want to believe that, yeah, favor is chasing me, but if I'm honest with you, what I'm facing doesn't look like what you're forecasting. Am I the only person that when I get up here and I, I look in your eyes and I remind you that, man, life is a gift. The fact that of one out of 400 trillion people, you ended up on the face of the planet. The fact that you woke up today, there's a lot of people that didn't wake up this morning, but that person was not you. You have blood in your veins. You have oxygen in your lungs. You have a heart that's beating in your chest. Life is a gift. But am I the only person that as much as life is a gift, sometimes it feels like a curse? Am I the only person that, yeah, I know that I should be excited, but, but if I'm really honest with you, it don't feel like a gift. It, 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 don't, it don't feel like favor 
is chasing me. Could you imagine what it would be like to be Moses? I mean, Moses' journey was unconventional. He had lots of these moments where what he was facing didn't match probably the forecast. It's not what was supposed to happen. This is not the way life is supposed to go. I'm not as a child supposed to struggle with these issues of my worth and significance because when I was born, my mama put me in a basket and sent me down the river. Could you imagine what it would be like to feel like I was forgotten, to feel like I was so, my mom didn't even fight for me, navigating these scenarios and thinking one day I'm going to grow up and I'm going to be a somebody. One day I'm going to grow up and I'm going to change the one day I'm going to grow up and I'm going to push past this situation. I'm going to bury the things that have happened in my childhood, the things that I don't understand, maybe the mistakes that I made. One day I'm going to get to a place where I can actually help somebody in a way that I wasn't helped to get to an age where Moses is standing overlooking and, and seeing this Egyptian man abusing this person who he knows I come from that lineage. I come uh, from, from, from being a Hebrew and here's my moment to make a change and actually when he does we talk about Moses being a murderer but really if you read the story he was fighting against injustice he had a burden in his heart that this isn't right it's not right for God's people for people to be held captive as slaves and to be treated like second-class citizens and he stands up and ends up killing this guy and the people that he actually is trying to defend they turn their backs on him and say to him man are you going to try to kill us too all of a sudden you know what Moses does he runs from the hills the second that he's trying to actually get a little bit of ground he comes face to face with reality what am I talking about what I'm facing it wasn't supposed to turn out this way and I think a lot of times in life when it doesn't turn out the way that we thought it should turn out when we're facing things that aren't in the forecast we have the tendency to do the exact same thing that Moses did what did he, he runs he, he hides he plays it safe I think sometimes in life when we're up against things we're facing things that weren't in the forecast things that I never thought that this should happen this shouldn't be the life that was meant for me this I I did nothing to deserve this when we find ourselves in these positions when somebody's preaching favor and I don't know about that I think we just kind of run and we hide that's cool. I'll still believe in God, but I don't need that favor stuff because I tried believing in that for three months. And man, when I did that, it cert certainly seemed like, like nothing was happening. I think a lot of times we turn our back on things that we really need in our life, not because they're not real, but because we don't understand them. A favor is one of these ideas. It's really easy because of what it's connected to. to when we talk about favor, you start thinking that God's going to give you a brand new car and man, your, your bank account's just going to be running over with money. Th th that's not what favor is. That may be at, at times a byproduct of favor. You know what favor is? Favor is for the journey. Favor is, 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 is a tool to do what? To accomplish the thing that you are put on the face of the planet to accomplish. This is what favor is. This is why what we've been talking about this idea of favor. I try to dumb it down for you so you can understand it. So you don't just think it's a new job or a new car or more money just so that you can look important and, and, and feel good about yourself. What, what, I say favor is an advantage. Favor is the thing that you've been looking for. It's that thing that can help you. It's a tool. It's a resource to be able to get ahead, to live above just victimization mentality and just being a victim to circumstance. This is the idea. This is the concept of what favor is. It's, it's like a tool. I was with a friend recently. We're up uh, in, in the mountains, and, and the water there is on a well. In order to, to, to access the water, there's this valve that has to be turned on. But with your own strength, with your own hand, you can't turn on the valve. So I can't access the water unless I have a tool to turn the valve. 
So, so this is a picture of what favor is. Favor is, is a tool that turns the valve. The byproduct is water. The byproduct is, man, you're going to experience incredible things. Fame, notoriety, money, cars, whatever you want. Whatever the things that you believe, that's, it's not anti that, but don't get it twisted. Man, thinking that God's not looking out for you because you're not getting the things that you want so that you can be as important as you want to be because that's not what favor is. Favor is for the journey. Did you know that that's really what this life is all about? And this is really where it gets confusing because we're on a journey to where? Where where are you trying to get? We don't really know. Why? Because I didn't put myself here. I'm I'm taking guesses. I'm living by conviction in my heart. I'm reading this book. I'm I'm, I'm trying to, 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 but I I don't really know where this thing goes because none of us in this room decided to be here. Yet we know that we're on a journey. We, we know that life is, 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 is a journey. So how do, how do I prepare for a journey that I don't really know where I'm going? I think it's important to remember that being that favor is for the journey. What favor is really for is for you to accomplish the thing that you were put here to do because the journey is really not about you getting to a position. It's about you executing your purpose. Do you hear me? This journey is not about you getting to a position or a destination. This journey is about you doing the things that you are put on the face of the planet to do. God, see, this is the whole, the whole thing. You, you, have, you have a purpose. And if we may not know where we're going, but I think that there's enough writing on the wall in your life to know that you are not here by accident. And you may not see it and you may not be looking for it, but your purpose is always revealing itself. I encourage people in this place, I don't really know what my purpose is. Just, just look, look at your life. Because if favor is for your purpose, then if favor's following you, your purpose has been following you as well. Look at the life of Moses. His name literally means pulled out or delivered. In other words, this is, this is what was Moses' purpose, to be a deliverer. If you read his story, he's, he's literally delivered from the water. He goes and he goes and he's standing. He's watching this Egyptian and this Hebrew. He, deli- he delivers the Hebrew. He goes himself into the wilderness. What, what finds him there? He sees the, the Midian priest's daughters and he delivers them from the evil shepherds that are trying to keep them from feeding and watering their li- livestock. What is the great story that you know about Moses? He delivers the children of Israel. If you look back in your life, there are things that have been chasing you. Your purpose has been revealing itself all along. And I dare you to go on a journey to understand what your purpose is because you will never be able to to really tap into this advantage if you don't really understand what it's for favor is for the journey in other words it's going to be hard for you to see where the advantage is if you're not on the move did you catch that it's going to be hard for you to if you're going to feel like what you're facing doesn't match the forecast if i'm just getting the places in my life where i'm just content here and no more. In order for you to be able to truly experience the favor, the advantage of God, you got to be taking steps. You got to be on the move. This is what God is fascinated with. What is God fascinated with? Steps, growth. God is more fascinated with you living on purpose than getting to a position. This is why I think sometimes in life, if we don't work on preparing ourselves for the next place that what God is wanting to take us, he'll just let you stay right where you're at because he'd rather you stay where you're at and live on purpose than to get to a place that you're not, that you're not supposed to be and have no purpose at all. A place that is strictly predicated upon your desires and wanting to be great and wanting to be famous and wanting to be known and wanting to have a, be a lot of money, but you get there and you don't have any purpose there. You just wanted to be there so that everybody would think that you were great. God is more fascinated with purpose than he is position. We're fascinated with position. The incredible thing about the way that it works, though, when I commit to just executing my purpose, 
position has to follow. God begins to open doors. God is trying to prepare you for the places that he's trying to take you. You see this in the story of Moses. But if I'm going to be willing to, to actually take steps to the places that, that, that I need to be going, I have to understand that this is what God is trying to do. Watch me. God's not trying to get me from here to over here. What, what is God trying to do? He wants me to execute purpose, meaning purpose here, purpose here. Once I prepare it, then we're going to go purpose here. Why? Because he's, he's fascinated with accomplishing something. You'll see this in Scripture. Everything is written line upon line, precept upon precept. The Bible says that the, the, uh, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Rejoice for the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. God is fascinated with you. you got to be willing to take steps. When you take steps, that's when favor reveals itself. Why? Because favor is not just cash money in a car. Favor is for the journey, for you to be able to do what? To accomplish the thing that you're put on the face of the planet to do. Why is this important? This is the only thing in life that will fulfill you. This is what you're looking for. So how do I prepare for a journey when I don't really know where I'm going? Because the success of any journey is always going to be found in how well you prepare for that journey. Look at my story with my friend. Spontaneity is cool and fun, but that trip would have been a whole lot probably more enjoyable if we would have prepared a little bit more for the journey. When I don't know where I'm going, when I don't really know the full picture, the only thing that I have to prepare is what? It's me. I want you to think about this this morning. Because if maybe you're in a position where you feel like what you're facing isn't matching the forecast, what am I talking about? It wasn't supposed to look like this. Maybe it's time for a next step. Maybe it's time for me to prepare myself to walk out of what I found myself being comfortable in into a land that I'm supposed to be to continue this journey in executing the thing that I was put on the planet to do and become. But if I'm going to prepare myself, I'm going to have to learn to let go of some things. This is really what God is doing with Moses. I mean, it seems like a bit of a random story. Why couldn't we go just directly into, hey, Moses, I need you to go and deliver the slaves out of captivity? Doesn't do that. He goes through this whole charade of a bush on fire and, and calls Moses over to him because he's teaching him something. He's preparing him. He's, he's, he's getting him ready so that when he gets to his next position, that everything that is going to show up, that he doesn't miss it. If you're going to be prepared to take a next step, there's things that you're going to have to let go of. The first thing that you're going to have to be willing to let go of is a tough one. It's your identity. What? The things that I think make me me. We have this mentality in our life that I'm trying to figure out who I am, and then once I figure out who I am, that's just who I'm going to be for the rest of my life. That's not how God has made you. You are in evolution. You are in process. God is working on you. If you're the same person that you were 10 years ago, we have some big concerns. Why? Because I should always be growing. I should always be developing. And one of the greatest enemies that will keep me stagnant in life. What's the danger of being stagnant, stagnant in life? I'm confused. I'm overwhelmed. I'm burdened. I'm anxious. There's no clarity. I don't know where to go. One of the greatest things that will keep me stagnant in life is things that I allow to become my identity. This is who I, I, I am based upon what I've been through. This is who I am because this is the place that I have found comfort. When God calls out to Moses, he's tending a flock in the wilderness. He's found a new identity. He's found a place of safety, but God calls him away from the thing that he has found that has been his identity in order to walk into a place that God is calling him. He has to walk away. Could you imagine the internal struggle of walking away from his identity? 
Man, if I walk away from these sheep and my father-in-law finds out, what if I get fired from this gig? What if I don't, how how am I gonna take care of myself then? Sometimes in life, I have to walk away from things that I have allowed to, to, to clothe me, to become my identity, ways that I've allowed people to see me based upon my journey. I have to be willing to walk away from things. What, what am I talking about? Identities as it pertains to things that my family has given me, I think is a good one. I think a lot of the identities that we carry are a result of what people have always told me I am. <laughs> my mama always told me that this is who, no, 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 no. At times you're gonna have to be willing to step away from your identity that has been prescribed to you by well-meaning people. When I'm talking about family, I'm not just talking about blood relation. I'm talking about the people that are closest to you. There are people that are closest to you that will put labels on you because they're trying to understand you. And in trying to understand you, they'll actually prohibit you from walking into your purpose. Because I don't think I can be anything more than what I am. I gotta be willing to step away from those things. To know that maybe you're a mom in here and maybe part of your purpose has been raising kids and now that your kids are out of the house, you don't really know what to do. So you feel stuck and you're struggling. You're thinking, maybe I'll just be, I'll just be grandma and I'll pour myself into my grandkids. You, and, and I'm here to tell you, there, there's something new. There's something fresh. There's something that God has for you. At every hinging door, that door swings wide open and it may seem like, may, may seem like clothes that you have worn in the past, an identity that you have carried in the past that has gotten you to this position and it was well needed you were called to raise those kids you were called to work that job you were called to work those, that per, that to be the, that type of person to those people but that season is over and it's time for a new step if I'm going to take a new step so that I can encounter the favor of God I'm going to have to set aside my identity as it pertains to the, to the things that my family wants to prescribe upon me I don't think it's just identity as it pertains to my family I think sometimes identity pertains to my feelings one of the greatest things in my life that will keep me prisoner is what I feel about myself. What, what I feel about myself. That, why do you, I'm, I'm just this way. Why do you think that you're that way? Because that's, that's how I feel inside. I'm here to tell you, if you're gonna hit your mark, if you're gonna push past this season, if you're gonna be a person who focuses on purpose and not just on position, you're gonna have to be willing to walk away towards, quote unquote, a, bur- a brush that's on fire. You're gonna have to be willing to leave behind your identity as it pertains to what you feel you are. Just because you feel you are something, can I tell you, doesn't mean that you are that something. You see this all the time. Just because you feel worthless doesn't make you worthless. You ever ever heard the saying, I want to go places where I'm celebrated, not tolerated? You ever seen somebody in a circle where they've been around people that have tolerated them their, their entire life and all of a sudden they have the courage to break free of that and then they get, they get around some other people and you're like, you are like a completely different person. What happened? They changed their identity. I'm here to tell some people today, you've been living your life tolerated long enough. You've been living your life on the backside of a mountain long enough. You've been living your life in a position, a victim to circumstance based on what? based upon how I feel and I'm here to tell you it's time to walk away from that if, if I'm going to if I'm going to be able to see the actual forecast if I'm going to actually see where it is that God is wanting to take, take me I'm going to have to be willing to walk away from the things that I feel that I have allowed to become my identity my family my, 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 my feelings I think sometimes it's neither of those things sometimes I think it's my fortune what am I talking about I think sometimes the things that we have we have uh, accumulated the accolades that we have, the position that we have, that I've already come this far, it's too late to start over. Sometimes I think it's our fortune that keeps us from stepping away from our identity into the place that really would fulfill us the most. 
I'm here to tell you in life, don't be held prisoner to the great things that you've accomplished. It really wasn't you that empowered you to accomplish those things. God put you here and he empowered you to accomplish those things. And if he empowered you to accomplish those things, he will empower you to accomplish new things. I wish we could we could shift our perspective to understand what this life really was about. What if it really wasn't about just climbing some corporate ladder? What if it really wasn't about just accolades and getting my name and lights and people thinking I'm important? What if it what if it really wasn't about just security? What if this journey was really about trusting someone who's bigger than me? Who, who, who understands what? He knows the destination when I do not. All I know is that there's purpose in my heart and everywhere I go, I want to do the thing that I was put on the face of the planet to do, which will require me to step away from things. What if we had the courage to step away from things in life that promised us security but really kept us in slavery? How, how, how many things in life promise security but actually deliver slavery? Money is one of the greatest examples of that if I have a lot of money then I'll be secure so I climb the corporate ladder I make millions and millions of dollars and then I'm a slave to the thing that I built <laughs> man if, if I'm going to put myself in a position where I can actually see what's really in the forecast what God's really doing what favor really is if I'm really going to walk into favor I got to be prepared I got to be ready I got to be on the move I got to be taking steps favor means nothing if I'm not moving because it can't find me if I'm not in motion so I, I'm, I'm going to have to be, I'm going to have to be walking away from things that have been my identity. We see that in Moses' life, not just walking away. I'm not just going to have to let go, though, of my identity. Here's another one, and this is a tough one. I'm going to have to let go of my intellect. And I talk about this a lot, and I want to talk about it from a different slant maybe this morning a, a, a little bit. I'm going to have to let go of my, my intellect. In other words, my need to understand everything for it to be right. Am I the only one that struggles with this? That can't be right. Why? Don't make no sense. That's why. <laughs> Am I the only one that struggles struggles with this? They, they, if I'm going to be able to step into the place that God has for me, though, I'm going to have to be willing to set my intellect aside and walk towards things that scare me. Moses sees this bush on fire, and he's... <laughs> If I see a bush on fire, what's that all about? But I ain't walking towards no bush on fire. Moses sees the thing that is intriguing, the things that he doesn't understand, the thing that doesn't make sense. The text says, he says, I'm going to walk over to see this strange sight. I think sometimes in life, the reason that we miss out on the great things that God has for us is because we're not willing to walk towards things that scare us. I'm talking about the things in your life that don't make sense. I think some, sometimes in life, we live in a world that is fascinated with education and knowledge and knowledge is power and all this kind of stuff, but I think that we have a misunderstanding of what wisdom really is. I think that we think wisdom is, well, wisdom, you got, this is one of the, especially in Christian culture, like this is one of the biggest Christian cop-outs. Yeah, that's true, but you also got to use wisdom, you know. Like God wants us to trust him and we need to, we need to put it all on the line, but also use wisdom. And I think sometimes our wisdom is really fear and camouflage. Meaning I've experienced things in my past where I've got burnt, so I don't want to do that again. And so I'll say that's wisdom to not do that again. When really I'm just afraid that if I do it, that the same thing will happen that happened last time. You, you know what God calls me? <laughs> oh, you're not ready for me this morning. You know what God calls wisdom? You want to be successful? You want to increase financially? What's, what's, what do I say wisdom is for that? Well, 
I need to probably stockpile the money that I do have. You know what God calls wisdom as it pertains to increasing financially? He says, give, and it will be given unto you. Good measure, press down, shake it together, running up. What? What? Come on, that's just rude, dude. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that doesn't sound like wisdom. I think if we're going to be able to walk into the favor that God really has for us, we're going to have to be willing to trust him. I'm going to have to walk away from my identity, but I'm also going to have to step away from my intellect. If you want to be great, you know what wisdom is scripturally? Those of us that believe the Bible, if you want to be great, you want to be famous, you want to be known, God says you got to be humble then. <laughs> what? You, you mean I don't got to be a clout chaser and try to comment on everybody's stuff on Instagram so that they'll notice me, maybe private, direct message me and invite me to their party or invite me to their social gathering? No, no, no. He, he said, if you want to be great, you just got to stay hidden. Keep it low key. If you'll, be, if, if you'll stay humble, I will exalt you. This is the way, that, that's what? Wisdom. It's going to require me to walk away from things that, that, that I think don't make sense. I'm going to have to walk towards things that, that don't make sense. I think sometimes in life, this is why we miss out on some of the great things God has for us. Because we're suspicious of everybody around us. We won't engage in new relationships. We won't get involved in things like small groups. I don't need that. I don't need that kind of stuff. I, I gotta go. And I think a lot of times we're limited because we're not willing to walk towards things that we don't understand. Man, if you're going to be able to maximize your potential, you're going to have to be able to, to be willing to walk towards things that are terrifying, to walk towards the unknown, to walk towards relationships. Can I tell you, you the, the, the reason most people don't engage in relationships is because they've been burnt in other relationships. Can I tell you, you're going to get burnt again, but it's still worth it to engage in relationships because this is the way that God works. God only does things through the context of relationships. He can't just sprinkle money and favor from the sky. He has to do it through the people that are around you. That means I'm going to have to risk and trust God that he protects me even when people do not. He sees me even when people do not. And if people want to stab me in the back, they still can't keep me from the place that God has for me. But it's going to require me to what? To walk away from what makes sense. It makes sense to stay with the herd and just keep the money that I have now. Things are looking good, but i got to walk away for that because it seems like God is doing something over here. And what's fascinating about the story, the text says, when God sees that Moses has walked towards the burning bush, what does he do? He begins to speak. Some of you are waiting for God to speak, but you're not willing to take a step. You think you're in a silent season, but you're just in a season where you're stuck and not taking steps. You want God to speak? Get to stepping. You, you, you want God to speak? It's time to start taking some steps. Where? Towards things that don't make sense. I don't really know, but I didn't put myself here. So I'm going to trust that he will direct and guide my steps. I'm going to walk towards things that don't make sense and trust that when I do, he will speak to me. I think sometimes God is just waiting for you to trust him. That's why I think he gives us these kind of things that don't make sense. Give, but when I do, man, there's something about walking. That's what giving is. There's something, it's, it's like walking towards brush that's on fire. It do, doesn't make sense, but when I do it, God starts speaking. God starts working. Why? Because my trust isn't in my security. My trust is in who he is, preparing myself for the journey, to be willing to walk away from my intellect, and God begins to speak. God will, and, and this is what, why, why I think we miss out, because a lot of times God will, God will speak to you from the place that you least expect it. <laughs> I see this. All the, any, any parents ever seen this in your kids? Somebody say something, and you're like, whoa, that was God speaking to me through your mouth. Like, I, that, I needed to hear that, but I never would have thought that it would have come from you. God does this all the time in my life, watching a movie, watching a television show, watching, and it's like, wait, what? God, was that you? It's like he, 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 will, he will often speak to you through places 
from places you least expect it and you will never hear it if you're not willing to walk towards it. How does this, I'm talking about things that some of you, 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 you want to take, you, you, feel, you feel in your heart that it's time for a fresh move, fresh step, fresh business venture, something new, but you're terrified to do it because it doesn't make sense. And you're struggling saying, God, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And he needs you to take a step. And I'm telling you, as soon as you take a step, he'll start to speak. If you're struggling to get clarity, and I know it's terrifying. I know it's terrifying. I'm right there with you. But when I take a step, then God begins to speak. And God says, Moses, stop. Don't come any further. You've been willing to lay aside your identity and you needed to to get to this position because you're not who people say you are. You're not who people want you to be. You're not what society wants to lock you into. You're more than that. And you've been willing to lay aside your intellect. That's why you even approached me so that I can speak to you. But then he says this, don't come any further. Then he, sa- he, he continues, he says, now what I want you to do is to take off your shoes, seems so random. Take off your shoes because the place that you're standing is holy ground. What? What, what does this have to do with anything? Moses comes close. Stop! Take off your shoes because the place that you're standing is holy ground. Shoes. What, what, what are shoes? Well, shoes protect, protect your feet. They're, they're, they're protection for the, for the journey. God is saying to Moses, take off your shoes. Take off the thing that you've allowed you to protect you in previous journeys because the place that you're going is different. We have to be willing to lay aside our identity. We have to be willing to let go of our intellect, but then we got to be willing to let go of our insecurities. Things that we have allowed to protect us in previous journeys, they've got me this far, but i got to let go of it because it can't take me where I'm going. I'm talking about defense mechanisms. I'm talking about ways that I've protected myself. I'm talking about things that have been okay and acceptable because I've only gotten this far. But where God is wanting to take you, it's bigger than you could even conceive or imagine in your mind. And in order for you to go there, you're going to have to be willing to not just lay aside your identity and not just lay aside your intellect. You're going to have to be willing to come face to face with your insecurity, the things that you have allowed to protect you. God says, take off your shoes the things that you have allowed to protect you in previous journeys. He says, because you're standing on holy ground. You know what the word holy means? It's the word kadesh, which means set apart or different. Take off your shoes, the things that you've allowed to protect you in previous journeys. Because this day, I'm here to prophesy to somebody this morning. This, this, this new place that God wants to take you, let go of those things because where he's taking you is different. I'm talking about the old conventional wisdom. Well, back in, back in 96, this is what I, I'm telling you. you got to set aside those things because where you're standing is different. And if you would have the courage to believe, to trust God, to say, I'm going to step away. I'm going to let go of things. All of a sudden, you would find yourself in a place where you're prepared. For what? To take a step. Why is that important? Because when I take a step, then favor shows up, shows up. And it shows up in a way that it actually was in the forecast. It's right on the heels of this that God gives Moses the great mission that most of us would know him for. You're going to go before Pharaoh, and here's what's going to happen. You're going to throw your staff on the ground. It's going to turn into a snake. I'm going to do all these incredible miracles. You're going to stand, and you're going to hold up your staff, and I'm going to part the Red Sea, and people are going to walk across on dry land. What is God wanting to do for you in your life? What sea is he wanting to part in your life? What miracle is God wanting to bring to your family, to your household, to your workplace, to your psyche? What is he, what is he wanting to do? It's all on the other side of your willingness to do what? To take a step. 
to prepare yourself for the journey. It's funny because the text wraps up and says this. Take your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy ground. And God said, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. The Bible says, at this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. I think conceptually, these things are enticing. I think when I get up here and I preach with a lot of energy and I inspire you to say, yeah, okay, we can do this together. You're not going to do it alone. We're going to trust God. I think they're enticing. But I think the reality is, is it's a lot easier said than done. I think most of our tendency when we walk out of the church house on Sunday morning is to say, that was good. But if I'm honest, I kind of just do what Moses did. I just kind of hide, hide my face. What am I talking? Rather, rather than look face to face with the things that I have allowed to become my identity. Okay, let me slow down so you hear me. Rather than look face to face with the things that I have allowed to become my identity, I just kind of ignore those things. Rather than, than, than face the fact that, that I'm stuck on things that only make sense, I just kind of avoid that I'm that person. Rather than look at my insecurities, I actually just kind of turn away from them. A close friend of mine, uh, we in a group text the other day, and he was out looking for something in his, uh, at his property. And he comes across this box as he's looking for something else. Comes across this box where a possum had crawled into the box and like made, made a home. Like it had taken uh, straw in there, like grass. Possum made, made a home in there. So he, he walks in, when he sees the possum, he says, I, I knew I had to keep talking because I need the possum to know that I was there so that the possum would play dead. He said, I was, I, I was, I was, I was actually depending on the possum to play dead. When I read the text, the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, you do that. I said, what? You do that. Do what? Depend on the possum to play dead. What are you, what are you talking about? When, when you're on life's journey and you come face to face with the areas of your life that you have allowed to become your identity, you don't go there. You just depend on the possum to play dead. To stay in its place as long as I keep talking, as long as I keep moving, as long as I keep distracting myself, as long as I keep distracting myself with good things, you depend on the possum to play dead. When you come across things in your life, when you are married to your intellect, you just, rather than deal with it, you depend on the possum to, to play dead. And when you come face to face with your insecurities, Nick, you, you don't dive in on those insecurities. Why is this here? Why are you treating people like that? Why are you responding with those defense mechanisms? Why are you, why, why are you finding, or not? You, you just depend on the place, possum to play dead. God said, you don't, the possum doesn't need to play dead. You need to let the possum go. And I, I, I'm here to tell somebody this morning, there are things in your life that you are depending on them to play dead. But I hear the Spirit of God speaking to us as a church family. It's time no longer to depend on those things to play dead. This morning, it's time to let them go. Would you stand to your feet with me all across this room? Just right here in this, this environment. This is, you, you need this whether you realize it or not. Whether I walk off this, this platform and people say, what a great message today or not, it's gotten in your spirit and it's doing more for you than you even realize it. But if you're not, <laughs> if you're not willing to go within yourself and deal with you, you know the brutal reality. Well, none of us will ever become the people that we were put here to be. 
We will spend most of our lives scratching our head thinking to ourselves, what is this thing all about? Man, if you, if you want to be able to see the favor that's following you, you're going to have to be willing to trust God and take steps on your journey because God is more fascinated, not just with, he's not fascinated with position, he's fascinated with purpose, which is going to require you to do what? To let go of things that have brought comfort to you along the journey. Would you close your eyes with me all across this room? And I don't know what it is that you have been, you have been up against. I don't know what part of this resonates most with you. For some of you, it's just, it's your identity. It's, it's this thing of, I can't get past who I am. I can't get past who people say I am. I can't get past who my feelings say I am. I can't get past what my fortune and the things that I've built, it's got me stuck and I can't go anywhere from here. This morning, we're as a church family gonna, gonna let some things go. We're gonna, we're gonna surrender some things to God this morning. And I believe that, I, I do this exercise with people from time to time, I believe that things can change as you let go of some things this morning. For some of you in this room, it's your, it's your intellect that gets you. It's, it's, I, I get so frustrated because people are not acting the way that I want them to act. My kids are not acting the way that I want them to act. It doesn't make sense. I have these dreams in my heart. I think that I know that I should, but I just can't do it because it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And today, if you're going to be willing to step into the place that God has for you, you're going to have to let go of those things. For some of you in this place, it's your insecurity. It's these things that you have allowed, you have allowed to, to, to protect you in previous journeys. But I'm here to tell you today that those things can't go where you're going. And if you will let go today, I believe that God will do something so powerful in your life. All of a sudden, these dark spots in your life, have you ever been there? These dark spots that don't make sense, all of a sudden, I just believe that there's going to be illumination, that there's going to be clarity, that you're going to see things that you've never seen before as a result of this moment. So I want you to hold out your hands right in front of you, everybody across this room. I don't care if you're new here today or not. We're not here. You didn't show up here today just because you wanted to go to some church just for fun. No, you're, you, you are searching. You may not know it, but there's something that you're looking for. And I believe it's on the other side of this moment. I want you to hold out your hands before you. And what I want you to do is I want you to picture those things that are standing between you and the step that you know you need to take. For some of you, you don't even know what that step is. I want you to, to, in your hands, envision those struggles, that thing that you're up against, that you're holding on to. As it pertains to your identity, as it pertains to your intellect, I'm talking about your insecurity because of what happened to you as a kid and you feel unlovable. Man, that's not who you are. I want you to take a second and I want you to think about those things. Think about them. Soak in them. What it, sometimes the hardest thing to do is sit in the pain of the reality of who you are. I know because I do it. To actually look at myself and say, how are you using me? You, you know how I think. You know my dysfunctions. You know the things that, you know, you know things that nobody knows. It's painful. But I just declare over your life, you're not dependent on anything to play dead in the after this day. I no longer will depend on my insecurities to play dead. No, today I release them. I let them go. So in your hands, we're going to take a second. I'm going to pray. And then this might be the first time you ever lifted your hands in church, but you're going to move your hands from this position. And I want you to kind of just lift your hands. And when you do what you're holding, you can't hold anymore. Okay, so it's, it's a picture. I'm letting go. I want everybody to do this. Do this. You have nothing to lose. Aren't you, aren't you, aren't, don't you want more out of your life? Don't you want more out of your life? What if it was really just as simple as, as a, this is because it's really, there's not magic in this action. It's a mentality. You're getting it in your psychology. We're, I'm reminding my soul. So together, God, in this place today, not as an act of religion, we're all just people here today. 
We're all just people trying to find a way. None of us is elevated above the other. We're just trying to trust you and figure this journey out that you've called us to with the information that we have. We do know that God in this life, the only way that we can get ahead is to trust the one who put us here. That person was not us. So God, in this moment, God, I ask that you would do something so special. As those of us in this place have, have held in our hands the things that we know, we know that I struggle with my identity. I struggle with my intellect. I struggle with my insecurity. And today, God, we make a change. We don't allow these things just to exist in our life. We just make the commitment. It's a picture of a commitment that every day we will push into the pain. We will look things in the face. We will let things go so that we can see the place that you are calling us, so that we can take steps, so that you can speak. So I'm gonna ask the band to sing. And as we do this, we're gonna lift our hands and we're gonna sing together. God, we ask these things in your name. Now, when you're ready, would you just take your hands and you just lift your hands up high? Come on, just as a picture. Can I remind you, you can't lift your hands and hold the things that you were holding at the same time. Come on, as you're ready. This is between you and God. This is not just religious experience. It's not religious ritual. No, it's something bigger. There's hope for you. It's not over. He's working on your behalf. Don't you dare. noticing things in your life. Some of the things that I've found in my life, it's so weird because there's be, there'll be wounds that I think that I've healed from that I'll get five, ten years down the road and God says, you, you never really dealt with that. What? You, 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 you just brushed it over. You, you, you didn't allow me to go in and heal that. But, it, but in order for God to be able to heal that, I got to be able to walk towards the thing that scares me. Which means, what scares me? That! What I went through, the thing that scarred me, the injustice, the victimization, the bad break, the bankruptcy, the abortion, the, the divorce, that! And it's terrifying for me to have to look at that. But until Moses would respond and say, God, here I am! God wasn't able to take him to the place that he desired him to be. Man, you gotta be willing. Can I, can I tell you what? You're, somebody needs to hear this. Your past, it can't hurt you. What's done is done. You can't change it, so let God heal it. Did you hear that this morning? You can't change it, so let God heal it. Let him restore it. If he's God, why don't we invite, if he is God, if there is a God and he is him, why don't we just invite him to do what only he can do? What do you have to lose? 
What do you have to lose? God, we open our hearts. We invite you in. God, I ask, I just declare in this place that you have the courage. You have the courage to go within yourself, to become the person that you are put here to be. No more fear. No more running and hiding. No more running and hiding from who you are. No more running and hiding from, from, from your intellect and the way that you think. No more running and hiding from your insecurities. I declare it's a new day. And as you it's, it's stepping season for some of you. It is stepping season for some of you. It's stepping season for some of you. Meaning I'm going to take a step, and when I take a step, I'm going to trust God to speak. I'm going to take a step, and when I take a step, I'm going to trust God to speak. It is stepping season for me. But as I take a step, God will speak, and when he speaks, all all the clarity that I've been needing, where I've been frustrated because what I'm facing wasn't in the forecast, all of a sudden, when he starts to speak, you know what happens? Oh, okay. I get it. I just declare over you today, you have courage. I declare courage. The spirit of courage just rises up within our church. God, we will be bold and courageous. We will not be people who draw back. We will not be people who hide. God, we will be brave. We will be bold. We will walk towards the fire. We won't run away from it. Come on, can you take a second and just between you and God, if, if you, can you just voice that to him? God, I, I just ask for courage. Some of you know what you're up against, and it's big. Some of you, you know, I don't even know. I, Nick, I get it, but this is a big thing that I'm up against, and I don't think that me and my spouse are ever going to get past this one. Can you just have? Can you just ask God for courage this morning? God, would you give me courage to take another step? Come on, you out of your mouth right now. Between you and God, you didn't come this morning to play church. Just out of your mouth. God, would you give me the courage to trust you? Would you give me the courage to take a step to be the person that you want me to be? God, would you give us courage this morning? I just declare that we are bold and we are courageous. We trust God. We trust God. We trust God. We trust Trust God. We don't draw back. We don't, we don't draw back. God, we go places. God, we, we, don't, we, we risk it all. God, we trust you. We're not settling for conventional wisdom. We're looking for more. Yes, God.
an ability to trust someone who sees above the storm. God, we look to you today. Maybe you're in this place, you never made a decision to place your faith in Christ. This is the essence, this is the crux of why we believe we can rise above just what is. The Bible says whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Name of Jesus. If you've never made a decision to place your faith in Christ, I want to give you that opportunity this morning. I'm not going to try to talk you into it because I believe your heart compels you to do so. Not your mind, your heart. If you're in this place, you want to make that decision. For some of you, it's just making a fresh commitment. I'm going to ask that we pray this prayer as a church family. Those of you watching on YouTube, you pray it out loud as well. Can we say this out loud together? Can you mean it with all your heart? Say, Jesus, today I believe in my heart. I say out of my mouth, you're the son of God. I believe you live for me. I believe you died for me. I believe you came back from the dead for me. Today I call you my savior and I make you my Lord. Help me to live the life that you put me here to live. I trust you. I'll let go. In Jesus' name. Everybody said. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.